Well, welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded. I'm your host, Irv Rish. You know, I'd like to start off this morning, and it is morning, by the way. I always like to say good morning uh, to my listening audience. But the only problem is I know that people listen to my podcast at different times of the day, even sometimes at night, uh, and probably a lot of times at night. So it's hard for me not to say good morning. Well, uh, I've been making podcasts for some time now, and uh, a lot of my podcasts, and I've got uh, over 5,300 uh, video podcast uh, on uh, YouTube, and I also got them on Rumble, and I got them on uh, uh, BitChute and uh, YouTube and uh, others also. But I'd like to say this: uh, a lot of my podcasts are uh, just renderings of old books that I have turned into audio books. And I've been always looking for a uh, a good digital voice uh, to read to you. Uh, but there's a lot of people that don't like digital voices. I can't blame them. I'm really not fond of them either. Uh, I did find one that uh, was really, really good. It was really hard to tell whether it was digital or real. The only problem is they had a limit on the amount uh, of text it could read. And it was only 700 words. And when I make an audio podcast uh, or even a video, I have thousands and thousands of words. I'm going to be doing a podcast uh, in the future here, uh, but I'm not going to do it uh, uh, right now this morning because... Uh, I have something else I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, hang on one second here. I had a frog in my throat, and I had to clear my throat, so I just muted you there for a minute, but you didn't even know I did that. Well, unless I would have told you, which I did. Uh, what I'd like to talk to you about this morning, though, is the fact that I had a dream last night. Now... I know there's other people that have podcasts out there about dreams, and most of those are all about prophecy and what's going to happen and so forth. And my dream wasn't like that. In fact, I'm not even going to tell you the bulk of my dream. I'm just going to tell you the essence of it. In my dream, uh, I was talking with somebody. It's kind of vague who he was or where it was uh, I think I was on a bike ride or something, and uh, I met this person, and uh, as we were riding along, we were talking, and uh, he got interested. We stopped and got real serious. And what the conversation was about was about God. Now, there are people out there that uh, really have uh, a problem with even believing there is a God. I was one of them years ago. In fact, it was over 40 years ago that this happened to me. But before I get into that, let's uh, let's get back into the dream here. As I was talking with this person, uh, 
He was having trouble believing in God and then having trouble in believing in a triune God. And the essence of the dream was I tried to explain to him how God was three persons, generally one God. This is a subject that is very hard to try to explain to somebody. And the reason for that is, is because how can a finite people, a person like myself, uh, explain an awesome God that created everything? God is so far above us because we are the work of his hands. And in a way to put it, maybe like the Bible puts it, uh, how can the clay have anything to say to the potter and what kind of vessel he should make? In other words, how can we tell God uh, what to do? And God, when he uh, talked to Job, and he did talk to Job, he, uh, he, said to, he said to him, where were you when I made all these things? Where were you? And actually, we were nowhere. Uh, but God had, had a plan in mind. And uh, the only way that he could explain this plan to us was to tell us, which he did. And it's all explained in the Bible. Now, the Bible is something that is really hard to understand. The first 40 years of my life, uh, I couldn't understand it. I had no concept what it was. I read bits and pieces of it. I had read about creation. I believed in God to a degree. Uh, I knew there was somebody or something that was much higher than I was. I mean, I just look at creation and it speaks to me. And it should speak to you too. Uh, look at your body. Look at the just the, the minute cells in your body. Look at your DNA who you are. Uh, look how you are made. You are made so wonderful. God has given us eyes to see, ears to hear, nose to smell, mouth to speak, uh, hands to touch. Uh, and he gives us all these senses. Uh, so why can't we believe God is God and God can do anything he wants and he can appear any way he wants to appear? and do what he wants to do. How can we understand God? Well, in this dream, I was trying to explain this to this fellow that I was talking to. And I said to him, I says, uh, in the Old Testament, God appeared to different people in different ways. For example, he appeared to Moses, first of all, in a burning bush. But he also appeared to him on the top of a mountain. And uh, as God walked by Moses, he covered him with his hand so he couldn't see him. Now, we look at uh, God in the human uh, aspect. God have hands. God have a mouth because he spoke. We try to bring him down to our level and tried to imagine God in a human uh, likeness. But in reality, the Bible says 
that we were made in God's likeness. And right from the very beginning of the Bible, it said, let us make man in our image. Let us, that's a plural word, make, God, uh, make man in our image. Our is a plural word. It's not singular, it's plural. So right from the get-go, we can see that God is plural. But there is only one God. Am I trying to explain this? No, because I'm not God. And if I could explain it, I'd be on God's level. But I'm going to say this. The Bible teaches it. And I believe it. And the reason I believe it is I've come to the reality and after reading the Bible over and over and over from cover to cover many, many, many times, I've come to realize that that book could not have been written by any human imagination. It was penned by humans, but they were only instruments in God's hands. And I believe that God is in full control of everything, even what's happening in the world today. He's allowing evil to come on the scene in the way that it's coming is to show his glory and his majesty and his purity and his love for all mankind. If there was an evil in the world, we wouldn't know what good is. Do you understand that? You have to know what good is. You have to have evil. Uh, and when man first ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, his eyes were open to that fact that there is evil. God was going to keep us from knowing this if we would not have, or our parents would not have ate of that first tree. He was in the, in the uh, what I would call the stage of innocence. Uh, what that means is that he did not understand evil or good. He just understood God. He had fellowship with God. He walked in a garden with God. He talked to God. And that's the way God uh, intended it. So as we read through the scriptures, we have to keep that in mind, that God wants to commune with man. Well, God did this in many ways, and I'm not going to try to explain the whole Bible to you in this one setting. But I'm going to say this, that God is in three persons. Uh, we see that through the Bible. Uh, that's why there is a triune God. First of all, we see him as a father, and we see him as a son, and we see him as a spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yes, there are three essences of God, but there is only one God. Now, he appeared in the Old Testament at different times to different people in a form of an angel. Well, he's called the angel of God. And I believe that this is the same person that we see in the New Testament, the Son. God revealed himself to us by becoming a man. The only way we could really understand God and all his attributes 
was to have God become like us, yet without sin, uh, because God is holy. And this is exactly what he did. Now, uh, it explains through prophecy how all this was going to take place. And it, it, it was fulfilled right to the letter. Now, who could predict with 100% accuracy uh, what was going to happen? I know that there are demons that know things that can reveal them to man, and man can predict things and even prophesy. But only when God gives utterance to a man and has the man repeated, a, a true prophet, will that be fulfilled right to the letter. It talks about uh, Jesus being born of a virgin, and that's what happened. A lot of people don't want to believe it, but that's what happened. And that uh, he was going to die, and how he was going to die was predicted long before there was ever a form of death that he died. Only God could know this. And, you know, God explains to us that his son is going to come back again. We know that uh, Christ has raised from the dead. Uh, you know, we know where he was buried, where his tomb is, but nobody's ever produced a body. Oh, people have tried to, uh, but uh, Jesus died, but on the third day he rose again. He overcame death. That was the last foe that he had to vanquish. He killed the one who uh, had the power over death. And when I say he killed him, uh, Satan is not dead, but he's defeated. He killed his actions. Yes, he's running loose right now, but there's going to be a time where that will all end. We know that there's a period of time that will happen uh, where he will be let loose for a while to do the same thing, but only for a short while. And then in the end, there's a place that has been prepared for the devil and all his demons. And that place is called the Lake of Fire. Now, God had created this for the demons and for Satan. But man has chose to follow Satan and not God. And they're going to end up in the same place. There are people out there that says, well, I, I, you know, I haven't done that bad a thing. I've never killed anybody. I've never uh, stole from anybody. I'm not a liar. I might have told, you know, a little lie here and there, but I'm not really an habitual liar. Well, let me tell you, there's only one way to prevent yourself from going into that lake of fire. And that lake of fire is going to be for all eternity. There's no getting out of it. That is the final death. 
And death is no more than separation. It's not annihilation. When we die, we're separated from our bodies. Uh, when we die, we are separated from our loved ones, and our loved ones are separated from us. Uh, this is what death is. Death is nothing but separation. That's the first death. That's the physical death. But there's such a thing as spiritual death, to be separated from God for all eternity. That is so final, and it's so sure. If you don't know who God is and you don't believe in what he has to tell you in his word, like I said, for over 40 years, I couldn't understand the Bible. I didn't understand God. But God caused things to happen in my life that turned my way of thinking. What happened was I lived a very ungodly life. I uh, did a lot of bad things, and I'm not here to glorify them. But God had mercy on me. He knew that I was a sinner, that I had departed from anything that was good. You know, the, the Bible told me that uh, in me, that is, in my flesh, there's no good thing. There's no one that seeks after God. There's no one that does good. All have gone astray. Uh, and and, and the, the list of things that we did is so bad. Uh, and it tells us in the Bible who we really are. We don't even know ourselves. Who can know man's heart except God? Because our heart is so evil. And uh, we're capable of doing anything. Just look at the world today and you can see that. How terrible man is. How sinful he is. And with sin in the world, this world is not a nice place to live. But when you come to know God and know his word and know his son, Jesus Christ, and know who the Holy Spirit is and how he works, you come to start to realize who God really is. Well, there was a portion of Bible in the Bible uh, in John chapter 3 uh, where there was a man who was a very religious man, by the way. His name was Nicodemus. It says he came to Jesus by night. And there was a reason he came by night. He didn't want anybody to know who he was. Well, what happened was he said to, said to the Lord, he said, Lord, we know that you come from God, for no one can do the things that you do except God be with him. He recognized the fact that Jesus Christ was different than any other man. He was raising the dead. He was healing the sick. He was making the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and the list goes on and on and on. He fed the hungry. You know, he did nothing but good things. Yet, religious men of his day were the ones that wanted to put him to death and did put him to death. 
but this was all God's plan. But getting back to Nicodemus. After Nicodemus said this, the Lord said to him, Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. You know, I was old when I really, those words hit me. When I was reading that portion of scripture, it was as though I was talking with God and God was answering me. Because I would have asked the same questions that Nicodemus asked. Because Nicodemus asked the Lord this question and I would have asked the same thing. How can a man, when he's old, be born again? You see, I was thinking like Nicodemus. I was thinking of a spiritual birth. Jesus was talking about something entirely different. He was talking about a spiritual birth. I didn't recognize it at the time, and neither did Nicodemus. So the Lord goes on to explain it to Nicodemus. He says, That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You must be born of water and spirit. Now, I know that there's a lot of people that interpret this Bible uh, or this portion of the Bible a little different than I do. But here's how it came to me. He was talking about a, a physical birth and a spiritual birth. He was talking about a water birth and a spiritual birth. They were two different things. Now, he related water, I believe, to the, to the physical birth. Uh, some people apply it to uh, being washed by the word. Uh, and this could be true, because uh, it is true, that we have been washed by the, the word of God. It cleanses us. It cleanses our mind of all that is evil, and it puts good things into our mind. Uh, and then when the Lord washed the feet of the disciples, he says, uh, all you have need of is to wash your feet because you walk in a dirty world. Uh, but the rest of you are clean. And he was talking about that, that being washed in the Word or washed from the Word. Well, that's another whole subject. But getting back to what Nicodemus said to the Lord, he said that you must be born of water and of spirit. And you know, I start thinking back when I was born, uh, not that I remember it or anything, but I know that when a woman gives birth to a child, and I've been married and have six children, so I know this for a fact. Uh, my wife had called me one time at work. She said, my water broke. I knew that the child is coming. Well, when we think of a physical birth, we're in a water sack. And when that water breaks and it comes out, uh, you're ready to be born. <laughs> so you're born of water and born of spirit. That's the way I took it. Whether I'm right or wrong, it doesn't make any difference. That's what my thought was at that very moment. But then the Lord talks to Nicodemus, being a, a ruler of the Jews, being a religious teacher, he should have known these things. He takes him back to the Old Testament, to the book of Numbers, chapter 21, and he tells him the story 
of the bronze serpent that Moses had to set up in the wilderness. He says, just like Moses set up the serpent in the wilderness, the bronze serpent, so must the son of man be lifted up. Now, what did he mean by that? Well, he was talking about what happened back in the Old Testament and related it to something that was going to happen in the New Testament. Here's the way it is. In the Old Testament, the people were grumbling and complaining against Moses and against God for bringing them out in that wilderness to die of starvation and thirst. And things weren't the best, so they grumbled and complained. So God, in judgment, sent these fiery serpents, these poisonous serpents among them, and they were biting the people, and they were dying. So the people came to Moses, and they said, Pray to God that he takes these serpents away. Well, Moses went to God, and he prayed. And God spoke to him, and he said this. He said, No. I'm not going to take him away. But he says, I want you to build a bronze serpent, set it on a pole, and anybody that is bitten by the snakes, if they look to that serpent, they'll live. It took faith for people to do this. What did God do? He put something in their way that would cure them of dying from being bit by these snakes. All they had to do is believe God, look to that serpent that was on the pole, and they would live. They had to believe. It was the power of the belief behind it that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. They had to trust him. And that's what we come to in the New Testament. The Lord was teaching to Nicodemus and to me at that very moment that I had to believe and trust in God and what he had done for me. Yes, I've been bitten by all this evil in the world, and my body is full of this poison. It's called sin, and I'm going to die. But there's a way that I can live. Now, we're talking spiritual birth here separation from God for all eternity. I'm not talking about physical death, because we're all going to die physically. Uh, that's if we're not taken, like Enoch and a few other ones. Uh, Elijah is taken up in a whirlwind. But anyway, uh, getting back to the story, I knew I had to believe God. I had to look to the one that was being raised up, just like that serpent was. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. At that very moment, the Lord was talking about how he was going to die. He was going to die in my place. That's what the Bible says. He bore his sins and his body on the tree, and he was crucified for me personally. Of course, it was for you too and all the sins of the world, for he did love the world, all the people in the world, and he still does. He doesn't want anybody to perish. 
He wants all men and women, all people, to come to repentance. And what is repentance? It's a change of mind. You believed one thing, and now you believe another. I can remember the moment that I gave my life to the Lord. And here's how it happened. I knew the gospel. I was reading it. I knew God's plan of salvation. I knew Christ had to die for me. I knew all this stuff. I even knew it years ago when I was still religious. But the only problem is I was trying to be saved. And I was standing at work next to an old greasy machine. And I was praying. And I said this to the Lord with all my heart, I did. I said, Lord, you know I want to be saved. You know that I've been trying. Please show me how I have to be saved. And he was all this time he was trying to show me. But I wasn't listening. I, I, I was trying. I was trying to be saved. You see that? There was absolutely nothing I could do. Uh, and I came to that realization. And at a moment, as soon as the Spirit of God touched me, I changed my mind. And I said this to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to stop trying. And I'm just going to start trusting. It's the moment that I truly, truly put my faith and trust in God's way of salvation. Not my way, but God's way. He saved me. Saved me for myself. Saved me for my sins. Saved me for my worst enemy, and that worst enemy was myself. I was on the road to destruction, self-destruction. And as one song says, God stopped my mad career. Yes, he turned me around, turned my whole life around. That was 42, 43 years ago. Unbelievable that God saved a sinner like me. And Paul in the Bible, read his life. Before Paul was Paul, he was Saul. And he was out persecuting the Christian putting them to death, throwing them in jail, doing all these terrible things. But God stopped him dead in his tracks when he was on the road to Emmaus. And he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You see, Paul wasn't directly uh, persecuting the Lord. He was uh, persecuting the people that belong to the Lord, the Christians. And that's what I am. I'm a Christian. You know, the world hates me because it hated Christ. When I try to talk to people, they put up a barrier. And in my dream, I could feel this barrier that was put up. This person did not want to believe what I had to say. And everything I told them was true in my dream. I'm telling you, everything I'm telling you on this podcast is true. God has revealed it to me. God is wonderful. 
in the only way we can understand God in any way, shape, or form. And we're not going to understand God 100% because we're, we have such weak mind. And God is so powerful that we cannot comprehend everything about God. But I know this for a fact. God is love. And God loved me. And God died for me. God showed his love to me. The Bible puts it this way. God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My friends, my listening audience, I just want to say, God died for your sin. God died for my sin. And God had to become a man in order to do this. He had to take on flesh and blood just like us. That's almost hard to, that's harder to, uh, to believe than God being three persons in one Godhead. Why would God become just like us? Well, I'm going to tell you, it was to show us who God is and what God was willing to do and did to save us, to be in his kingdom for all eternity, not in the lake of fire, because that's the second death. I'm just going to ask you to read your Bibles. Pick them up and read them very prayerfully as you read. Don't read the Bible to judge God, but let the Bible speak to you and judge you. You know, we all need a Savior. There's no way that man can save himself. It's We're incapable of doing it. But God found a way, and God knew right from the very beginning, from eternity past, that we were going to be sinful and that he had the plan of salvation already in motion. Even back in the, the book of Genesis, after man sinned, he said this to the serpent, that he was going to allow him to bruise his heel, but he was going to bruise his head. And he did. It was a fatal wound, and that fatal wound was delivered at the cross of Calvary. He overcame the world, the devil, and the flesh. All of our enemies have been vanquished. Yes, we still are in a flesh, and we still sin, but the Bible teaches that if we confess our sins, he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all righteousness. That's right from God's own word, not mine. Well, my friends, I'm going to end my podcast here. I hope you have a great day. And most of all, I hope that you realize what I'm saying can be believed. It's true. It's not a dream, though it appeared to me in a dream that I can talk to men and women and people like you and tell you about Jesus Christ, the one who really loved you.
and gave himself for you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God getting all the glory because he is the one that deserves it. With that said, I'm just going to say goodbye for now. Lord bless. Till next time. Bye.